listening to New Life the Fort, where the person of Jesus Christ and His love for you are shared. talk about the Holy Spirit in a different angle. Now, one of the things pastor said last week was that the Holy Spirit is going to guide you into all truth. Now, that struck a chord in Pastor Alvin and myself because that word guide simply means he's going to lead you somewhere. He's bringing you someplace. And of course, he guides you into all truth. And like pastor said last week, that the truth is, Jesus. people aren't sure. Okay. Who is the truth? Jesus. So the Holy Spirit is guiding us into all of Jesus. Amen. So we're going to talk about following the leader. Okay? How to be led by the Holy Spirit. Because it's important that we understand that we are being led somewhere. And where we're being led is great. It's amazing. It's glorious. And he's not forcing us to get there. God isn't forcing us anywhere. He's leading us. God doesn't stand behind you and push you. Okay, some people need a good push. But he still won't push them. He will take your hand and gently lead you. He doesn't even grab your hand and say, let's go. Okay, he just goes, come on, let's go. And sometimes we still resist. And he goes, come on, let's go. And sometimes we're like, no, I don't want to go. And we're like little kids. Have you ever seen little kids and they don't want to go and you see the parents like trying to drag them along? The kids are laying on the floor and their arms up and they're just being dragged across the floor. Well, God's not like that. Okay. Sometimes you wish he was and you go, Lord, can you just give them a kick in the butt? And he goes, patience, child. Okay, Lord. Fruit of the Spirit, fruit of the Spirit. You know, when people aren't moving, just allow God to move them. It's not your responsibility. Amen? Remember that. It is not your responsibility to move them. Okay. John 14, 16 to 17. Let's begin in the Word. And it says, And I will pray the Father, this is Jesus, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Now, I love how Jesus says, he dwells with you. I'm sure the disciples were like, huh? What do you mean? Then he goes, he will be in you. How can they, what? But the, the, another helper, remember pastors have said this, alos parakletos, somebody who is just like Jesus and would do what Jesus would do if Jesus were physically present. You have someone who dwells on the inside of you who is just like Jesus and will do exactly what Jesus would do where you are right now. That's the Holy Spirit. This is who you have this helper. The Message Bible puts it this way. It says, I will talk to the Father and he will provide you another helper so that you will always, say always, have someone with you. This friend is the spirit of truth. The godless world can't take him in because it doesn't have eyes to see him. Doesn't know what to look for. But you know him already because he has been staying with you and and will even be in you. Jesus is saying, you know how you're going to recognize the Holy Spirit? is by seeing me. You will recognize the Spirit of God because you have seen me, you have lived with me, I dwell with you. So the Spirit of God that will be in you will be exactly like me. And then he goes on to say, the Amplified amplifies it, and says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another comforter, a counselor, a helper, an intercessor, an advocate, a strengthener, and a standby that he may remain with you forever. This is what God wants, that we are with him. He is with us forever, and we are with him forever. Now, pastor also gave this example last week, the difference between a travel agent 
and a tour guide. How many of you have ever been to a travel agent? Ever? Ever. Only five people in the entire house have ever been to a travel agent. Okay. Get ready for your trips. Wow, people got excited. Okay. You will need a travel agent. Because a travel agent will book, your, will book where you're supposed to go. Book the flight for you, give you the itinerary. But the, the travel agent is not going to go with you. See, when you get to that destination, there's somebody waiting for you. That person there at the destination is going to lead you where they have already been. They're going to lead you to all the best places. They're going to take you to places where you can shop and get new things. Hey, the Holy Spirit is about adding to you. He likes to make sure there are things being added to you. So he's going to take you along paths you've never been. You may do things you've never done before and thought were impossible, but you find yourself doing it and you're going, wow, this is so not me. How many of you have ever had that experience? This is so not me. But it is you because you're the one who's doing it. Empowered by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is our tour guide. He's taking us to places we've never been. And the best way, one of the most common ways that the Holy Spirit will guide or lead us is through our spirit. Huh? What do you mean? Well, the Bible says that our spirit and God's spirit have been joined together as one. Our spirit. Okay? Our spirit man is what has become born again. So our spirit is now just like God's. Righteous, holy, just like God. That's you and me on the inside. So he leads us through the inside, through an inner witness on the inside. In Romans 8, verse 14, it says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. So people who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. I love how it says sons, not children. Because the word there for sons means a mature, full-grown son. But what, do you, what are you talking about? But we're still children. Yes, we are still children of God. But he sees us, sees us as mature sons. says led. What does that word led mean? It means to lead by laying hold of, by taking the person by the hand, and bringing them to a point of destination. He's bringing you somewhere on purpose. It means to be led by accompanying into a place. It also means to be led with oneself. Or to make that oneself an attendant. Jesus is attending to you. The Holy Spirit is your attendant. He's ever waiting for you to agree with him so he can lead you. Like I said, he's not going to force you. He's not going to push his will on you. He's going to say, come on, I know the way to go. Now, how many of you have ever seen, you know, uh, cows or even carabaos? People are just leading them but with a rope. Are the cows struggling? No, they just follow. Who's bigger, the carabao or the person? So if the carabao decided he wanted to go the other way, he could. And he would drag the person with him. But the carabao has been raised and taught and trained by the one holding the rope that he trusts him to lead him to the best places. So the carabao is not worried that the person is going to, to hurt them. He just believes that the person is going to bring them to where they're going to get fed, to wherever they have to work, to wherever they're going to get water. I mean, Psalm 23 talks about being led. The shepherd makes us lie down in green pastures and leads us beside still waters. What is he doing? He's bringing us to a place where we can rest and where we can draw and receive. It's the same way with that person 
let's just say a farmer, bringing the carabao or the cow. He's bringing him to a destination where he will be the most productive. And that's what's happening with us. As sons of God, the Holy Spirit is leading us into places where we will be the most productive, we will be the most effective, and the most efficient. But he has to be the one to take us there because we're not going to be able to find our way there without him. He knows the ins and outs of the road. He knows how to climb the mountain if need be. Sometimes, I remember pastor saying this last week, sometimes we know the destination is right there. But for us to get there is not necessarily a straight line. Now, I'm even thinking, I was thinking about this last week, and as I'm standing here, if I know I need to get to the back, can you imagine if I had to go in a straight line? I would have to climb over every chair and over every person to get back there. It, it's not pretty. It's not what? And it's not fast. How long is it going to take me to get there? If I just took, let's just say, Pastor Alvin took me by the hand and said, Honey, I'm going to take you to a simpler route. We're going to go, amen. We're going to go to the left or to the right. And we're going to go up the aisle. And you're at your destination. What was faster? His way or my way? Your way. But that's not always true. Okay. Just had to throw that in. Okay. Now, another, another word or meaning for being led is to influence the mind. Okay? Because once you influence the mind or you help them to see correctly or believe right, then they have the way to go. So the Holy Spirit leads us to, be, to, to Christ so that we can believe right. Because when we believe right, we will live right. We will move in the right direction. Amen. Now, God will always lead you into small things first. We're always expecting God to lead us in the big things. But if you've never allowed God to lead you in the small things, what makes you think you're going to follow when he tries to lead you in the big things? Because you're like, you haven't tried and tested what he, where he wants to go and what he wants to do with you. See, in the small things, you develop a relationship. In the, in the small things, you begin to develop an understanding of the person's heart and why they do what they do, why they say what they say. And then you can begin to trust them with bigger things. You know, my daughter, God bless her, she wants to always help me in the kitchen. Okay? But she's too little to hold a knife. So I'm going to give her little things that are going to help me and teach her as well. So what will I do? She can measure out water or oil or whatever else needs to be measured. Gets the cup, teach her how to do it, and then she does it. I can teach her how to peel something with a peeler. Still a little sharp, but it's something that she can do. Eventually, it'll get to the point that as I'm teaching her with these little things, I can trust her, and she knows she can be trusted with, say, a knife. See, sometimes we think, oh, no, I can do this, but we're not ready yet. And you know how we know we're not ready? Because when the little things, things come, we don't know what to do. So God wants to teach us how to be ready in the small things first. I'll give you an example of a small thing. Waiting for parking. God, lead me to the right parking space. Now, some people might think, you're asking God for things like that? You know what? God is concerned about every detail. God doesn't just care about the big things in your life. He cares about the small things too. And he wants to be involved in that. So we ask to lead us to parking. Now, does God speak in an audible, audible voice and say, Mitch, park on the second floor in 2J? He doesn't say that. Okay, if, if you hear God say that, okay, ask him to reveal himself more. Because God generally does not speak with an audible voice to you. Because his spirit is joined with yours. 
Now, what does the spirit sound like? The spirit's going to sound like you. Because if you hear something on the inside of you that doesn't sound like you, run. If you hear, it's like Pastor Alvin hearing me speaking inside of him. Well, that can happen, actually, because I'm pretty loud. But if I hear him speaking, like it's his voice, I'm like, there's something wrong. I'm Pastor Mitch. I shouldn't sound like Pastor Alvin on the inside. Or with, with uh, Sister Sheila over here. She can't hear me on the inside of her because your spirit will sound like you. And because God is joined to your spirit, it will still sound like you. How many, how many of you have asked this question? God, is that you or is that me? Yes? Okay. Well, it should still be you. But you'll know if it's a spirit of God because you have stepped and allowed him to guide you in the small things. So what happens when I hear the Holy Spirit tell me where to go? It just seems good to head up to the second floor. Because when I think about, think about the first or the third, there's kind of like this scratchy feeling on the inside. It's kind of like a red light. But when I think about the second floor, there's like a green light. Hmm, seems good. So I'll head up to the second floor. And I'll drive around the parking. Then all of a sudden, there's like a green light. I'm like, okay. So I'll stop right there and wait. Of course, do I ask God, Lord, are you sure? Of course I ask. Because I watch all these other people go to their cars, and I'm like, Lord, I'm still waiting, and I have a meeting. And you just sense this, wait, yellow light, just wait. Then all of a sudden, somebody will come down. It didn't take all that long and will want to leave the parking space that you are sitting right in front of. And God goes, told you. You just needed to wait. So the best way I can describe what it feels like on the inside is like a stoplight or a scratchy feeling. The more you think about it, the more uncomfortable it becomes, and you're like, ugh, I don't think I'm going to do that. And you don't move. And then all of a sudden it gets light. Like, okay, if I go in this direction, oh, scratchy. Okay, let's not go there. So God does kind of give you, he always gives you a warning. Because he's always trying to protect you. He doesn't want you to rush into things. He doesn't want you to be pressured into making a decision. You, another word that we use for this inner witness on the inside is peace. You'll hear us say that a lot. Go with where there's peace. Another way of looking at it is go where their life is flowing. All of a sudden, it seems so easy, and there's, there's a life that's flowing in this direction. You don't understand it all, and you don't, maybe you don't have enough to make those decisions, but you have enough to make the first step, so you do. And then God will lead you some more. But you go with where there's peace. See, the Bible talks about peace ruling your heart. In Colossians 3.15, it says, Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you were called in one body, and be thankful. It says, Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. You know that word rule means to direct? It means to umpire or referee. How many of you have ever watched a baseball game? Or softball game. Okay, this is much easier. How many of you have watched a basketball game? Some people didn't raise their hand. Really now. As the national sport of the Philippines is basketball. Okay, how many of you have ever seen a referee on the court? Okay, the referee actually makes the calls. Because if you left it up to the players, the players would always pick their own team. But when something happens on the court... The referee now has to make the decision. And his decision is final. It is where the game will go. It is where the points will go. And it's what will happen next. He pretty much dictates what's going to happen next with his call. And God is saying, allow my peace to guide you. See, peace is not a feeling. 
Peace is a person. Jesus is called the Prince of Peace. And we have his spirit on the inside of us, the spirit of peace. So this person is trying to lead us. Now when we say rule, he's not there to control you. He's there to direct you. He's there to give you direction. He's there to help you determine and to decide. He's there to umpire or referee your life. Because when things come, sometimes we're confused. Our mind is confused. Another way I can describe what peace is like, peace is a calmness on the inside of you despite you standing in the midst of the storm. There's a calmness. It's almost like you're wrapped in a blanket. Despite what's going on around you and around everyone else, there's a peace. There's a rest on the inside. And God wants us to be led by this peace. Because when we follow the peace, peace is going to lead you to where you will be most prosperous. How do I know that? Because the peace of God means there's nothing missing and nothing broken in your life. It means you're complete, and it means that you are whole. So when the peace of God is leading you, he is leading you to those truths. Because that is all found in Christ. Leading you to himself. Now he wants us to be able to make those decisions trusting who's in us. Peace also means a sense of order. An order comes. That's what happens when there's confusion. There's chaos. But when peace and calmness comes, there is an order that gets set. And you know the steps that need to be taken. Now, I said this earlier about not being pressured to make a decision. How many of you have been out when there's been a sale? You've been shopping, and the store that you want to go into, the store you've entered in is your favorite store, and it's 70% off. But you don't have the money for 70% off right now. So you just walk on in. And then the lady tells you, ma'am, you need to buy this now. It's the last piece. Or this is only till tomorrow. And you're going, oh, Lord, may the money come out from heaven now. You're not moved by it. And you simply say, Lord, I'm glad I can come into the store and look at this sale. It's okay. I'll get it when it's full price. (laughs) Hey, if God can give you the money for a sale, don't you think he can give it to you full price? But he'll also lead you to the best bargains. Okay. But what I'm saying is you're not moved by pressure. You have to make a decision right now. (sighs) Okay. What's my decision? And you don't know what to do. Just say, stop. The decision I'm going to make right now is I'm not going to make the decision that you want. I'm just going to wait it out. And people are like, no, but you need to do this now. No, I don't need to do anything. What I'm going to do is I'm going to wait. Because this doesn't feel right yet. I'll let you know when it feels right. Basically, you tell the person, you're not dictating where I'm going to go. I'm going to allow God to tell me when. Amen. Philippians 4, 6 to 8 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, which goes beyond your natural reasoning, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. See, he says, don't be anxious. Don't be pressured. Don't be worried. But lift it up to me. Because the moment you do, I'll take care of it. I already have the answer. Access it by acknowledging me. In all our ways, acknowledge him. And he will direct our path. The moment we acknowledge him, we, go, we say, Lord, You need to do this because I don't know how. And he goes, that's all right. I do. Take my hand and I'll lead you. 
Amen. The Message Bible says this, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. You know, pray is, praying is not getting down on your knees and sobbing before God and, you know, trying to pull your hair out. Praying just simply means that you decide you're going to communicate with God. You're going to open up your heart and you're going to say, Lord, what now? What are we going to do together? And he goes, okay, this is what's going to happen. It says, let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. And before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. I love that. Everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displays this worry in the center of your life. What happens? Jesus becomes the center. And where he's the center, order begins to flow out from there. We're not anxious. We're not worried. We say, Lord, you take care of it. We cast our cares upon him, the Bible says. Why? Because he cares for us. He, does, he wants us to cast those upon him because we're not strong enough to carry it. And when we're overcome with burden or overwhelmed with it, we can't move. We can't go anywhere. And God's going, this is not the end for you. This is not my destiny for you. And the moment we throw that off us and onto him, he goes, let's go. He's able to carry that and take you by the hand. And he's going to lead you through whatever storm you're facing. Jesus left us with peace, his own peace, the Bible says in John. Why? So that we would stop allowing ourselves to get agitated. How many of you get agitated? Stressed out? Really? Only 10 people? You've never been stressed? Let me tell you what stress does. Stress gives you white hair. I know. I have it. But I'm also commanding the white hair to turn dark again. I believe my God is strong enough to do that. Come on. People are like, amen. Why not? If he can stop the sun from moving or he can turn it back, why can't he change my white hair back? Lord, I trust you. But God doesn't want us to be stressed out. Stress was never the way God created us to be created. He wanted us to be free. We were singing about freedom earlier. In Christ, you are meant to be free. Does freedom mean you can do whatever you want to do? No, it doesn't. Because we don't always know the right things to do. But he does. And freedom in, in him leads us into doing the right thing at the right time at the right place, with the right people who have the right heart. See, God isn't just concerned about you. He's concerned about other people. Because God built man to have relationship with him and with others. I'm not talking about romantic relationships, although that's good. I'm talking about friendships, accountability ships. You know, um, friendships. There's something important about that to God. Why? Because when we don't know what to do all the time, I'm not saying other people do, but they can give us counsel. And that's another way that the Holy Spirit will lead us. He will lead us to the right people so that they will help us make the right decisions. Call these godly counsels. Or even uh, godly relationships or, or spiritual leaders. He'll lead you to these people to help you. Now, who are these people? Well, these are people that you look up to, that you see that they love Jesus, and they're doing the same thing you are, following the Holy Spirit. But they just seem to be a little bit more ahead of you. They've allowed the Holy Spirit to lead them a little further. So these are people that you can go to and say, can be pastors, can be life group leaders, can be accountability partners, people that are not afraid to correct you, people that are going to encourage you and build you up, 
People that are not going to turn you off the wrong path, but really their heart is to keep you on the path towards Jesus. These are people that are going to help um, weed out the distractions so you can focus on the one. These are people who will continually say, look unto Jesus. He's the one who will finish what he started, not me. But these are people that you can run to and open up your heart and be willing to listen. Because there are some people that will go up to say, that have come to us and have said, pastors, God said, this is where I need to go. Okay. God said, why are you talking to me? You know, it's very hard for leaders if you tell us that God said. If God said, what am I going to say? Do you want me to say, yes, God said that? Who am I? I'm not God. But we've learned this from experience, that when we've come to our pastors, we always say, Pastor, this is what's stirring up in my heart. What do you think about it? Now, if he says, continue to pray about it, which is what Pastor Giselle has always told us, continue to pray about it. We continue, try it again, pray again, Lord, you know what? This is what I believe. If it's God's decision, if it's something he's leading you towards, if you give it back to him, it'll be the same thing. He doesn't change his mind. And then you can say, okay, Lord, let's try this again one more time. I'll give this to you. God doesn't lead you by signs. <gasps> what? You know, signs are external things. What was the use of him being on the inside of you if he's going to direct you through external things and you have someone you have an enemy that can manipulate the outside can say i mean i've heard people i heard one lady say this years ago if he's the one for me lord let a red car this model make pass by three times and then i'll know that he's the one for me so the car goes, same make, model, three times, color red. But the man is married. What does that tell you? But God said, no, he didn't. Sayang. And, I'm t- and I guarantee you, if that person had come and said, you know what? I'm in love with this person. And I, the sign came. And the first question we'll ask is, is the person married? If the person says yes, then we'll go, that's not God. God doesn't destroy marriages. So obviously you heard wrong. Sometimes the reason people don't want to go to to leaders is because they don't want to hear that. They already have said it in their mind, they want to do this. But because they should talk to a leader then that's why they go. But they go not to listen to what the person has to say. They're just going because they should do this. At least they can say they talked to a leader. What did the leader actually say to them? Ooh. It's okay. Don't worry. Okay. Leaders are here to protect you. Now, are leaders perfect? No, we're not. We're also learning the same way you are. I'm not even saying we have more experience than you. You probably have more experience. But we're just trusting God every step of the way. Because we don't know where to go. We don't know what to say. This is me having nothing to say. You can ask my husband. When I say that, it's at least an hour. Can you imagine what it's like when I have something to say? Okay, another way that God won't lead you. This is very simple. He won't lead you through open doors or circumstances. Okay, because not every open door is from God. You still need the Holy Spirit to know what door to walk into. What if there are 10 doors open in front of you? Are you supposed to walk into every single one? It's not even physically possible. So God wants you to be so aware of who he is and his leading that you know which door to walk into. 
He may even say, I want you to stand in front of that closed door. But Lord, there are 10 doors that are open over here. Just stand in front of that closed door. Okay? And as soon as you stand, all the other doors shut, and this one opens. And he goes, step in. And the moment you do, you're like, wow! This is far beyond my wildest dreams. And God goes, I know. That's why I put you here. You know, even if you walk through the the wrong door, I believe God's big enough to say, come on, we're going back the other way. And take you right back through the door and say, here, stand right here. Sometimes, Pastor Alvin, can can I bother you for a second? Come up here first. Hurry up, hurry up. I don't have much time. Sometimes when we walk through the door, it's like we don't allow him to lead. So he's kind of behind us. So we're walking, walking, God goes, wrong door. Stand beside, stand in front of this one now. Okay, ready? Open. Thank you, Pastor Alvin. You know, when a leader tells you something, it should confirm in your heart. Okay? Because the Holy Spirit will lead you on the inside. If a leader says something to you and you've got that scratchy feeling on the inside, wait. Don't rush into it. And it's okay to say, I'm not ready yet. Or ask a question. Maybe the whole point is you don't understand why they're asking you to do it. So ask why. And if they can explain it to you and you understand, then you have that green light, go ahead. But we're not here to control you. We're here to guide you. We're also waiting for the Holy Spirit. It's so funny when people come to counsel. I'm like, oh, Lord God. I said, I would say, Lord, I said, I don't know what this person's going through. Even if they tell me their story, I don't know what, what, what advice to give them. I said, but you do. So please... Speak through me what you want. You know, sometimes people just want somebody to talk to. And as they're talking, God gives them the answer. Our part is to help ask questions to get you to see what God's already told you. Proverbs puts it this way. Proverbs 24, 6 says, wait, don't go there first. Go to Proverbs 19.20, Amplified. It says, hear counsel, receive instruction, and accept correction. That you may be wise in the time to come. Hear counsel, receive instruction, and accept correction. Why? So that you're ready to make the right decision when the time comes. See, it's important. It's important to be able to go to people that you trust with your life. I'm not just talking about contemporaries. It's good to have friends. But it's equally important to have people that you see that can be over you. People that you can be accountable to. People that can correct you. Because we're not going to correct you with a whip. We're going to correct you with the word. Because that's another way that the Holy Spirit is going to lead you. is through the word. We cannot give you counsel that we've never read before. That the Holy Spirit's never shown us before. But we can give you what the word says about things. Because the word itself is inspired by the Holy Spirit. Written by men, but inspired by the Holy Spirit. And what does the word do? In 2 Timothy 13, uh, 3, 16, Message Bible says this. Every part of scripture is God-breathed and useful one way or another, showing us truth, exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes, training us to live God's way. Through the word, we are put together and shaped up for the tasks God has for us. Psalm 
119, 105 says this. The word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. What happens? We don't know what step needs to be taken, but we know we need to take a step. The word will show us that step to take. He doesn't necessarily show us three steps ahead. He shows us one. But now we see another step ahead. So we can take another one. And then another one. He becomes a lamp unto our feet. Just down here. But we know the direction we need to head. Then it says a lamp, a light unto our feet and a lamp unto our path. There's a direction. He lights the way. Do we see everything at the end of it? No. But we follow the light. We follow where the light's leading. If the road kind of veers off and kind of makes a turn, we just follow that way. Maybe standing in front of us is a mountain. We're not going to go where it's dark. We always need to follow the light. We always need to follow the leader because the leader knows where to go and he knows what to do. You know, what's funny. I was watching uh, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse with my kids yesterday. And just now, as I was saying about he knows where to go. How many of you have ever played Simon Says? Okay, well, I don't know what else you'd call it, but you normally go, Simon Says, uh, take three steps to the right. Right. Simon says, do this. Simon says, say this. Simon says. But then when you don't say Simon says, you're not supposed to move. In the game, you get taken out. It's kind of like that with us. Holy Spirit says, take two steps to the right. And you do. Holy Spirit says, I want you to now go up the aisle. Okay. Holy Spirit says, stop. Holy Spirit says, jump. Holy Spirit says, take a step back. And we're like, I don't understand that, but okay. And then you'll hear a voice that says, run. But there was no Holy Spirit says, don't run. Holy Spirit didn't say. I remember this story about a pastor. He was standing on the balcony of a very, very high building, and he was looking down. He had no problem with heights. But he heard this audible voice say, jump! There's nobody in the room with him. He looked out, and he says, you jump, and walked away. You know, I don't know if that's happened to you. I remember somebody telling me that sometimes when they look out of a window, very high building, they're like they just want to jump. I don't know why they, that is, because when I've stood there, I'm not like, I want to jump out. But there's a voice that tries to tell you to jump. And if you do, what would happen? <sighs> You'd be dead if you jumped. God will always lead you to life. The Holy Spirit always leads you to life. Always. So when you hear those voices and you're not sure, see, understanding the word will help you understand the spirit of God and when he, see, when he speaks something to you. Because they never contradict one another. When the spirit of God speaks to you, he'll also give you word to stand on. Why? Because without the word... We have no anchor that will hold us in place. And people who just, quote unquote, follow the Spirit can become very flaky. They don't listen to anybody. They want to do things their own way. What the Spirit of God said, okay. But the Spirit of God also does things in order. And He will confirm things through people and through the Word. It could even happen as we're speaking here today. God's been talking to you about something. And he's been saying, son, daughter, this is what I've been saying. And a light just explodes on the inside of you. And you're like, that's it. What's God doing? He's confirming. 
Ask him, is this the right time? Do I do this right now? Pastor Mylene said this last week. I think she only said it for one service. The Holy Spirit is going to remind you of things to come, and he's always talking to you. Always. But if you don't need to know something, he won't tell you. What he will tell you is this. He will tell you what you need to know right now. And then he'll tell you when your, now, when your tomorrow becomes your now, he'll tell you what you need to know right now. And sometimes he'll show you two or three steps ahead. And he'll give you glimpses of the big picture. But how that comes to pass, he'll have to tell you when the now comes in. Don't worry that you don't know everything. You know exactly what you need to know right now. And if things get confusing and you don't know what step to take, go back to the original instruction that God gave you. And stay there first. And wait. Because it might be a yellow light. It's not red. It's yellow. It's just a warning. Stand by. It's going to turn. But then when the green light comes on on the inside and you feel a release, that's when you step in. And you're like, Lord, this is it. This is the time. A lot of times the moment God speaks, we feel like, okay, we have to do this right now. God is into timing. You know why he'll tell you? is so you can prepare. So that you can step into it with confidence. You can step into it knowing who he is and what he's planned for you. And then you're ready. He's not the type to jump the gun. He always wants to give us direction. John 15, and I'll end with this scripture. John 15, 5 and 14 in the Amplified says this. They, his sheep, will never on any account follow a stranger. Okay. But will run away from him because they do not know the voice of strangers or recognize their call. Verse 14. I am the good shepherd and I know and recognize my own. And my own Know and recognize me. Don't be so consumed in trying to hear the voice of God. Don't trust in your own ability to hear him. Trust in his ability to be heard. Trust in his ability to lead you. Not in your ability to follow. Why? What happens if you trust on your own, in your own strength? You'll miss it. But if you trust in him to make sure that he's heard, if you trust in him to make sure that he's the one who leads you, you'll never go wrong. But this is a living relationship that every day he will teach you how to be more comfortable with his voice will give you a greater ability to recognize what he's saying to you. That the steps that you take, people will be amazed. And they'll say, how did you know to do that? And you'll just simply say, I'm just following the leader. I'm following what God put in my heart. I talked to my leaders and they, they said, go ahead, take a step. It's time. And I have word that backs it up. I'm just going to step out into this. Because I trust that God is the one who said it to me. See, I believe that for every believer, our heart is not to miss it. Our heart is to be able to hear what God is saying. But sometimes the world can get very loud and can try to confuse us. But that's where we stop, take a breath, breathe him in, and rest. Rest in his presence. 
Because it's from there, from the resting, that you're able to walk out what he has for you. And this can only happen if you have the Holy Spirit on the inside. And God has wanted to give this gift to everyone. Anyone who believes in his son has the gift of the Holy Spirit come and live on the inside of them to be with you always, to help you make decisions, to lead you, to guide you into all the truth and into all that God has for you. But I believe we're a people who have him. Amen. Well, did you get something today? Well, let me pray for you. Father, I just thank you for the men and women here today in the cinema and at the off-site. I thank you, Father God, that they are a people who can hear very clearly, not just in the natural, but everything that your spirit says to them. That our spirits and your spirit together continually declare and testify who Jesus is and what he has done, who we are in him and what we have in him. I thank you that each and every person here in the, in the week to come are going to be making decisions that may change their life forever, but they're confident in who their father is because you will never lead them astray. You are leading them to one level of glory, to the next, to the next, and to the next. This is a place of freedom as we allow you to lead us into this glorious future that you prepared. You know the steps, and we are here with hearts ready to understand, eyes ready to see, and ears ready to hear, and feet ready to follow. So we thank you for this time, Father. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit our website at newlifethefort.com.